Bags down, spikes on. Welcome to the track. Hi, my name is Colin Waitsman. I'm going to be your host for this episode of Track World News presented by the Harrier. And today we have a very special and exciting guest joining us all the way from Texas, uh, hurdler at Baylor. We have Deshaun Jones, uh, who is the two-time Big 12 champion in both the indoor 60-meter hurdles as well as the outdoor 110-meter hurdles. Uh, Deshaun, thanks for joining us today, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. No problem. No problem. Well, uh, before we get into any of the, the track stuff, uh, I was scrolling through your Twitter account, see some of your older tweets that you had. I had a few questions. Wanted, wanted to see if you could answer them for me. Uh, first one, this is from June 14th, 2021. Want to see if you got an answer to this. You said, does a straw have one hole or two? <laughs> I say one. You say one? All right, let's hear the reasoning. Why Why has it only got one? Because it it's one hole at one end and it goes all the way through. So it's not two holes. It's just one big hole. Or not big, but one long hole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like, I, I've had that debate with a lot of my friends, like, you know, whether it be at school, practice, you know, meetings or whatever. People just don't believe me. It's 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 got to be one. It's just it's not like two separate things. It's it's one. So I, I I'm on I'm with you there. Uh, I definitely agree. Then uh, for second one I have here. This was from what is this July thirteenth, twenty twenty one. Can't wait to get old and retire and be a cowboy. Uh, so what <laughs> made you? What makes you want to be a cowboy once you? you know, get old? Uh, I, I, I like the outdoors and I like ranching and I, I really like riding horses. So, and when, when I do that, it seems like that's the most peaceful time because it's quiet. You can ride your horse. Riding horses is actually really fun too. So it's like when I retire, why not get a ranch and get my own horses and just be, be a cowboy. <laughs> there you go. What's your, do you have any, like, do you watch a lot of cowboy movies? Like, do you have any favorite ones, like Wild West, I guess, or anything like that? Um, I would say um, the only movie that I would say that's kind of, like, cowboy related that I watched and, like, enjoyed was The Hateful Eight mm -hmm. and um, Tombstone. Mm -hmm. uh, Tombstone, actually, Tombstone is actually a, a real, uh, real life story. It took, it, it's, uh, Tombstone is, like, a small little town in Arizona, but yeah, and it was like Clyde. That's where it was like it, Clyde and um, Bonnie had went through there and everything. And yeah, I think it, it was just interesting because it was like real. So I I, I enjoyed that movie. And then the Hateful Eight, of course, you, when you have Samuel Jackson in the movie, is is not going to be a bad movie at all. Yeah, that was one of my one of my top ones too. I really liked uh, the Hateful Eight. Super, like, I guess I like the fact that it's, like, pretty much all in one place. Mm -hmm. So, like, a whole bunch of stuff goes on. So, uh, guys, if you're listening if you're, and you like cow, cow, cowboy movies, Wild West, take a look at those ones. There, there's some there's some top-tier stuff going on there. But um, So, now I wanted to, to get started with where uh, running kind of started for you. Like, what got you interested in, in track and, and getting started with, with uh, you know, running and everything like that? True. 
uh, before college, actually, track was never my number one. Like uh, a lot of people, they're saying like I see like, a lot of people now. There's like I did this in AAU, I did this, I won this, and I was just like I like during from first grade all the way to like 12th grade i never ran summer track i never competed in like aau track meet ever i was always playing basketball so it was always aau basketball year round summer so like basketball was always like my number one and my junior year i almost quit track and just stick to basketball because i I, it wasn't fun going out there on the track and losing (laughs) it was like i'm not having fun because i really wasn't that good in high school and then my senior year came and our first meet, I did, I think I ran like 14-3, our first meet. And I, from like my last season to that, that was like a big improvement. And I had got like, I think I got second in that head meet. And so I was like, okay, maybe this is kind of fun. And then I started like running on relays and I started actually running fast, doing good and doing decent. And I was like, this is actually more fun than I thought. So then that's when I started like getting like college coaches started coming to me because at Texas Relays, I had, I placed, I want to say fourth. And from there on, like college coaches started, that's when colleges started texting me, uh, talking to me and stuff. And I got, maybe I wasn't getting that much love in basketball. So it was just like, Hmm. Should I go where I know I could potentially go D1 and reach the goal of being a professional athlete that I wanted to do or stick with basketball, go to a D3 or D2 or something like that. And, you know, the odds of uh, you get in the NBA is hard. So it was just like I kind of faced the reality of things. And I was like, man, with track, you're going to get out what you put in. So it's like you sort of kind of control your own destiny when it comes to track. Because if you're not working hard, uh, that's with anything. But I feel like in track, you control your own destiny the most. Because it's what, like, literally what you put in is what you're going to get out. So I was just like, man, I'm going to go to the track route. There you are. And, like, so was it hard, like, to decide, like, hey, we're we're done focusing on this? Like, did you ever do indoor track in high school where you just, you know, completely yeah. dropped it or no? Like, First indoor track meet was my first collegiate beat ever. And it's crazy because it's like I never ran indoor track before. So like, what is this? And like that indoor, but I enjoy indoor. I feel like indoor is just more, there's more fun. I I feel like outdoor track, you're more about your business. You're not really out there to have fun. You're like, I mean, of course you're out there to have fun, but like you're more like out there ready to compete, like ready to go showcase your talent. Of course, indoor you are too, but I, indoor is more so I'm having fun. It's like a tune up before outdoor and then outdoor come all, all wheels going. Yeah. Now uh, for you finishing, finishing out of high school, it didn't start off at Baylor. I believe you started off at uh, what was it? Barton uh, community college. Could you tell us your, your journey going from high school, selecting to go to Barton, and then eventually, you know, getting out to, to Baylor where you are today? Sheesh. Uh, well, what happened? Okay, so when I found out I had to go to JUCO, it was, it, I want to say it was two, three weeks before my graduation date. And initially, 
my hometown school, UTSA, Kentucky, and um, Houston, all had reached out to me. And I was I was really actually dead set on trying to go to Kentucky. And I sent in the transcripts and everything. And like they after like I got an eval, they were just like, Yeah, you're not gonna like you might, your SAT scores and your, your GPA is not like is not matching. So it's not it, like they couldn't make it work. So and watching all my friends go D1, like I had a friend that I don't Travion Gilbert, he went to Arkansas. Another friend who went to go play football at Mizzou. Another one went to go to SMU. So like all my friends that were in my class were going D1. And then I went JUCO and it was just like, dang, am I not like, I started thinking like, am I really not that good? But then as I went to JUCO and my first year, like my first year was hell. <laughs> uh, JUCO is not the place for like a mentally weak because not, first of all, JUCO, all, most JUCOs are in the middle of the Literally in the middle of nowhere. There's no fun. There's no malls and stuff like that. Like my JUCO, if you look right behind the dorms where we stay, it's fields, cornfields. Like they're harvesting uh, corn and stuff. <laughs> and on top of that, I come from Texas. So San Antonio, it may get like 40, 30 degrees, but it's not really that bad. I woke up one morning in Kansas. It was like negative 15. 20 mile hour winds because it's Midwest and like five inches of snow on the ground. And it was like, yeah. And how, how, and we didn't have an indoor facility either. So we used to shovel lanes and go do Yeah. Like we'll shovel lane one. <laughs> like oh, we get no. a <laughs> shovel lane one all around and we'll go do our workout and then go back inside. And it's just like certain things like that, lessons like that, I feel like can't be. You you can't take those for granted because those I feel my JUCO experience made me the type of person I am. It made me work that much harder. And I feel if I were to went D one, I wouldn't have like if I would have went D one out of high school right away. I feel like I would have the same mindset or the same work ethic that I do now. Yeah, I mean, there's I mean, two of the most the biggest sprinters that we have here in the U.S. Um, I just think of Terrence Laird recently who. He started JUCO and then he went, you know, to LSU and is, you know, was pretty big time. You have obviously Fred Curley. He started off JUCO and then went to, you know, to A&M and he obviously is, is big time now. They've, they all mentioned like how that JUCO experience really helped make you mentally stronger and realize like, oh, like this, like just being a college athlete doesn't mean you're, you know, you get all of the, you know, the bells and whistles, like you got to work for it here. And then that helped bring that that mindset to them you know when they competed at the the bigger you know division one schools and i think that's why like if you look at my two uh conference races and like the emotion that i showed at the end of them it is it, it, it wasn't more so like uh, because i won but it was like the thing the events that happened before leading up to now it, and it feels like more since like i worked for this and i finally got it now, like the next level, of course, you know, it's now trying to get to that national point. And then, of course, hopefully Olympic pro ranks and everything. But it was just more so of being like it was just like a sigh of relief. Like I'm grateful for like, like the opportunity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so how, could you then touch on the your journey then from JUCO 
to Baylor? Because even that was, there was, uh, I know you, you mentioned that it wasn't just like a one day you're at JUCO, next, the very next day you're at Baylor. There was some time in between where, you know, some stuff was going on and you weren't too sure about your future at, at one point. Could you kind of touch on, you know, what that, that transition period was and then how you got to Baylor now? Okay. Well, so my freshman year at JUCO, I didn't necessarily handle my business. Well, I did enough to be eligible to compete, but I didn't really handle my business to the point where I was good to transfer out. So my sophomore year, I had to do, like, I had to do a lot of catching up plus the classes that I already had to take. And I did good, but it wasn't enough. So I had to come. So the fall of, Okay, so the the first the fall, not the this fall, but the fall of uh, twenty twenty, I wasn't in school. I was still taking online classes at Barton because I needed to catch up on my my credits so I could transfer. And my I want to say my my top five, like I had the offers, I just had to get the grades right. So my top five was is was Tech, Clemson, Texas A and M, and Houston. I can't remember the last one, but after after I had went on my Texas Tech visit, like that was all, like that's where I knew I wanted to go. I verbally committed everything. I that's I knew I wanted to go to Texas Tech, but that made me work that much harder to know like this is everything I can have. So I was like in my mind, I, like, I got to get my together. So COVID had happened, and we got to go home. So. The rest of the classes were online and everything. And signing day had came. And they weren't, they didn't, I guess, in a sense, they just didn't want to take that chance. And I, I could respect that because at the end of the day, you can always get other athletes. So when I didn't sign with Tech yet, it hurt. But it was also, I was like, dang, what am I going to do next? Because that was where I wanted to go. I didn't, and COVID happened, money cuts. So I was just like, Wow, I'm not even gonna be able to go. Like I did the work, I got the grades. I can leave now. I can transfer, but I don't now. I don't have a place to go. So the the fall of my junior year, I did, I wasn't in school, and I was at home. I started working. I got two. I had two. I worked two jobs. I had Amazon. I worked at Amazon and I worked at Foot Locker, and like. It, it got really hard, really tough seeing my, because seeing my friends and everything on snap during their fall training, doing things that I know I felt I should be doing at these schools that these powerful schools that they're at. And it's like, I put the same, I put the same work in and it's like, well, I was, I dealt this card. So as time passed, I, I literally, almost texted like i emailed almost every division one school in the world like in the nation trying to just like all i because like all i wanted was the opportunity i knew that i could do on the track but i just needed the opportunity for somebody to take a chance on me so i could show them. and so it turned into it was i was either going to go to alabama state auburn iowa state and that was it and one day coach ben here at baylor texted me it was like hey how are you doing? Send me your transcript. And I was like, Baylor, like, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to get into that school. So, but I was like, hey, I'll send it. Because it's like, what else do I have to lose? And he texted me back and was like, 
yeah, your transfer GPA is like a 3.3. We're going to be, I'll, I'll call you with the details and everything. And I was just like, okay. So then it came down to, um, I think it was, I want to say like August came and then September came. And I want to say like September, like 16th. Now it was a Wednesday, the sixth, September 16th, I was either going to make my decision. And Coach Ford had told me he was going to call me and he was going to call me early in the morning with like the know if like they have the money to offer me. And he didn't call me that morning. So I was like, dang. <laughs> so it was like, well, I guess I'm going to Iowa State. But I knew I was going to make, whatever school I was going to go, I made that decision. He called me at nine that night and was like, hey, we have the, like, we have the money for you. If you want to come be here, you can be here. And when he told me that, I was just like, yeah, like I, I can stay home. Baylor, I'm close to home, two hours away. I'm in Texas. Yeah, this, I can't turn that down like this, Baylor. You don't, like, that's one of the schools you just don't say no to. And the rest is history. And now I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> and so doing that, you said, well, that's in, you said September 16th or that, that that's yeah. when the, yeah, so that's like, the semester for, you know, many of the students had already, you know, they're already in their dorms, already set up. So then what was it, was it difficult for you where everyone's kind of getting set into their routine and then you're coming in now, you know, never been, never been at the school, you're, you're new to the team, you're, you're new to the, the school. Was it difficult, like coming in with everyone else already kind of set in on their stuff and, and you're trying to, you know, figure out what's going on and, you know, your identity with it all? Well, when, when I initially got to school was January 12th. Like, that was my first day on Baylor's campus. Mind you, that's when the season starts. So when I got to school, everybody's ready to compete. But while I was at home, like, I was trying to train and, like, make sure I stayed at least a good amount of, like, physical fitness so that, like, when I go to school, I'm not dying. Like, I could actually compete. And when I got there, like, everybody, it was just like they – they didn't like it was like weird because it's like who is this dude like what could he do and my first indoor meet at Baylor I ran like eight four and I was like uh coach I ain't uh I've never like that was the slowest I've ever ran since I've been in college and I was like eight four like I just ran came off my uh sophomore season indoor and I just finished with a 786 I was like this not hot wait hold on so like I started getting scared I was like man they're gonna take my money away and I just got here and then, like, there was some people that was like, is he even good? Like, I hope he's not a bust. I was just like, man, yeah, this is. And then the next me came, and I ran, like, 8-2. And I was like, why? And it was getting frustrating because I would keep running eights. And I was like, I don't, like, why am I running eight seconds? And finally, I would say conference came because I only got to run two meets because I missed, like, the first two because of, like, you know, you have to get cleared and everything all that stuff and then like so my third meet was conference and prelims me and my teammate ran the same like we were both running 790 and like that right there was like when it clicked i was like okay i'm good like i don't need to worry anymore just go out there and compete and honestly i didn't even have it in my mind to go out there and like win but i just wanted to go out there and make a statement and when i uh, it's funny because that morning of finals, I had woke up and I banged my knee on the hotel door. <laughs> and oh. my, like, I had like a 
not on my knee, like really a knot the size of a golf ball. And it was my the knee that you have on the track when you're in the blocks. And I couldn't put my knee on the track. So like when we were doing our warm up and everything, Coach Ben was just like, dude, like what's wrong with you? Like you weren't like, why are you, what's wrong? And I was like, I didn't even want, I didn't want to tell him because I was like, <laughs> but I was like, coach, my knee hurts and I can't. And I went over the first hurdle and I kicked it. Like I couldn't, I didn't even clear it. And I started panicking and I went to our trainer and he was just broke. And he told me to like, relax, calm down. And he like did, he did, I don't know what he did, but he did something to my knee and like all the pain went away. So then I went on the track and I was just like, man, <laughs> I don't know what's about to happen. I was like, my knee's sore. I'm not in the best shape. I'm really not in shape. I was like, these dudes been doing this, doing this for six, uh, six about, yeah, six, roughly six months. Cause you know, August, September, October. Yeah. Six months, five months ish. I was like, I can't, I'm not, I'm about to get rolled. <laughs> uh, I prayed, right? Cause I always, you always got to pray before you, race. you always got to pray. I prayed before my race and like, I don't know, but like, when I got up from my prayer, I said, Hey man, got up from my prayer. And it was just like, dude, you about to go win. <laughs> and all I did was I put my, like, I got in the blocks. I set my blocks up. I put my knee on the track, see if it hurt, and it didn't hurt no more. I didn't even get a run out. I just sat there and I was just waiting. And uh, right after that, that's when I had won that, my first indoor conference title. And I, the, the, the first person to say anything to me was Coach Rob from Texas Tech. And he was like, and and it and it it made me it felt it made me feel good because regardless of the like regardless of what happened with like the situation with tech and everything and the, like the position I was in, I knew like it wasn't no like bad feelings or bad vibes or anything like that. And it made me feel good. And then seeing being that I was only at Baylor for close almost a month and seeing how happy like Coach Ford was and then my teammates were for me. I, it, it was just like, yeah, I knew this is the place where I needed to be. Mm -hmm. yeah, that's got to be a, a great, ex, a great experience. You know, feeling like, yo, man, I, I don't even know if I'll be able to, to run at, you know, with this giant golf ball on my knee. And then you, you know, go ahead and, and not only, you know, compete well, but, you know, bringing home your, the first championship there in front of a school that you were originally supposed to go to. I mean, did you have like in the back of your mind, at least a little bit, like, Man, I gotta show up to you know in front of the school that wanted me and yes. they said no. Yes, yes. I, I was like, there's no way that I could go out here and like not do good. I was like, this we're at Texas Tech. This is where I want to go. I'm not here. I'm at Baylor. This is my opportunity. I have like, I was like, I have to prove myself. And then it happened. There you go. Uh, excellent, like a uh, storybook ending, or at least for that chapter. Uh, so then I think so on a few of your Instagram posts, it might have or Twitter posts, a few of the your captions. I, I don't know if it was exactly that uh, the indoor championship. But I know it was definitely for outdoor. You had done hashtag Bryce Strong. Um, could you, and you're at for those watching, uh, seeing the clip, you're, you're wearing the Bryce Strong shirt. Could yeah. you touch on, you know, what that means and the, the story behind that? Um, well, it all started back in SA, the uh, Wisdom family. 
uh, Bryce Wisdom, he had cancer. And it, it kind of came, it seemed like it came unexpectedly, but um, he lost the fight. He fought hard, but eventually he lost the battle and God gained another angel. And the Wisdom family is a strong family. They're a pillar in our, the, my, the community I grew up in, Converse, Texas, of course. And Bryce Strong is just, when you're close, when you are friends with people and you're close to people and you know people's hearts, seeing bad things to them or seeing bad things happen to them, is it, it, it's never good. It's, it doesn't feel good. And the Bryce Strong, it just is like an extra purpose. It's like you, you're running for something other than yourself. You're not doing it just for you. You're doing it to honor like Bryce, to honor the city to make sure like they like just something more than yourself. And with that, the Bryce Strong, it brought, it's brought, it's brought, I'm sorry, it's brought the whole city of San Antonio together. And it's really amazing to see how it's grown and how close it's brought everyone together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um. so when I was, in middle school, this was, I think, my sixth or seventh grade year. Yeah, one of my closest friends, one of my best friends, he had, uh, like, it was a brain tumor uh, in his head. And um, so I had to go through chemo and fought cancer, beat it. And there was, like, it brought our entire, like, community just, like, together, like, super, super close. Because it was, like, this is where, you know, we're supporting and, and fighting for something that's so much greater than, you know, what whatever mm-hmm. it might have been. like. It's, it's it's more there's more things important in the world than you know if your your favorite sports team wins or loses or whatever like this is yeah. about so much more than that and it just brings people together which is a beautiful thing even in a traumatic time and and i know and it really really would like made me like uh, i wouldn't say i shouldn't say what really like i understood it like because he had brothers and Rashad Wisdom. He 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 plays. He's a safety at UTSA. And um, when I at I want to say fourteen ish, fourteen, my best friend died. My best friend drowned, and like literally, that, that was like my brother. And I like that was like my best friend. I we were together twenty four seven. And when he passed, it was just like I feeling like my world was ending it was like dude dang so i could just imagine how it felt to lose an actual brother so it was, i just feel like it was only right for me to sh- show my respects and dedicate wins and the success to them and to bryce yeah it's like uh it's it's can you know, dedicating the the wins it, it shows the you know the, the power because the power that you know sports can bring a lot of us together you know some of the most emo- emotional moments people have will you know be usually at you know these sporting events like you'll have people thrown out first pitch or, or whatever yeah. it is that are you know survivors of things and so it's it can be you know a, a great unifier to, to bring people closer together um one thing that you uh, we touched on before the, the show had started, something that was important to you, you know, you, I know you mentioned you hope to, you know, have a professional career with track and field, you know, following your time at Baylor, but you also wanted to be a voice or show impact 
within the, the mental health aspect of not only athletes, but I guess people as a whole, could you kind of touch yeah. on like how, like, you know, why that is now important to you and, and, you know, some, you know, just kind of, you know, the inside uh, that you have for, from your perspective. Um, I, I just feel like as athletes, a lot of people think we got it easy but they're not living the life that we're living. They're not having to wake up at 5.30 in the morning, go lift weights, then got to get a meal, and then got to go to class at 8 in the morning, and then got to go to practice at 2 while you just got out of class, then study halls, and stu- and then do it again the next day. Like, that is hard to juggle. And then, not to mention, like, you got stuff going on in your life outside of that, family issues, relationship issues, whatever it may be. and that it takes a toll on you when it's because it's overwhelming at times and it sometimes it just feels like you're at your you're at your peak like you can't do it anymore and i know how that feels because at barton is just like man i'm away from home i, I want to go home i don't like it out here and it's like you start to think like am i doing like is this what i need to be doing and it was just like I've seen people literally walk away from their sports like sports. They were great at that could like, would have been amazing that because like they're mental, like they just couldn't take it anymore. And I don't feel like it's fair that athletes get labeled as privileged or they got it easy when most people don't know the half of it. And most people haven't lived the lifestyles that division one athletes have to live. Like regular college students struggle with school. And all they have, maybe might they might have a job and then school. And that's all they have. But think about having meetings, study halls, weights, practice, waking up in the morning, going to class on top of that. Yeah, like, that's not easy. That's not an easy task. Yeah, we signed up for it. Yeah, we can do it. But just because you signed up for something and just because you can't do something doesn't mean it's not a challenge. It doesn't mean it's easy. So I, I, I just don't like that the, uh, stigma of the the label the like that label that they put on athletes and uh, as as athletes i feel like we use our sports as outlets but that doesn't always work every time sometimes you may need to sit down and talk to somebody and maybe like all getting it saying it and getting it off your chest that that's all you needed to do and now you're back to 100 percent and it's just like, it's just certain things that I know and I've seen. And that, of course, that I felt too, that I feel like needs to be, sh- more light needs to be shined on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very stressful, you know, thing that you have going on. I mean, like you you mentioned it earlier on here where in, at your first meet, you ran, what, an 8-4 eight, eight, and you're you're stressing over, dang, I'm gonna, am I going to lose my scholarship? Like, am I like, uh, like, the difference, like the fact that like half of a second could be the difference in if you get a half of a second faster or a half of a second slower, that could yeah. be the difference in $10,000 scholarship either way or more. Yeah. Like like yeah. the time in between that snap could be the difference in you making more money for a scholarship, losing more, national champion, you know, prelim, like all of that. Like that's, it's so, the, the margins are so razor thin. And so it's very stressful. Like for me, like I, I didn't perform as well under the pressure. Like that's something I wish I had developed more with mental health because it's like, yeah, if you focus on, you know, trying to 
you know, you know it's a high stressful situation, then you can become better at it. And then, cause you know, you have all this other stuff, like you mentioned school, whatever it is that you have to do. Uh, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot for sure. And, and then like on top of that is like, it's, and then it seems like 24 hours is not enough hours in a day to get everything done. And then you're doing all that. Then you want to try to fit in like sleep. And it's like, where does that even fit in? And it's just like, all that takes a toll on your mental. Because like your body starts to get fatigued, you're tired, you want to go to sleep, but you got to still go to practice. And it that, it takes a toll on your body, your mental. And I, I feel like there's better ways and it's not enough resources for athletes in general to have that outlet to release that stress. I feel like a lot of people would think, oh, you got your sport. You love your sport. So release that through your sport. Yeah, that doesn't always work every time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it can be uh, it, it's definitely sometimes you need more than, you know, just the track or some hurdles or whatever it is to, to get away. So, no, yeah, definitely know what you mean there. Um, so hopefully, like, we'll we'll be able to, to find more outlets, you know, for for athletes in the future there for sure. Um, you know, with this, your season is going to, is just a few months away, I guess, what, January or it will be the, uh, we got our first act, like our first meet will be in December this year on the fourth. Okay. Oh, so even closer. So what, that's what it's October, November. Yeah. We're like two months away, uh, which is crazy to think from the season getting started. Um, what are some goals that you have for yourself, you know, going forward with this year or maybe even a little bit farther? Um, of course, to go out and, you know, do good at conference. But uh, personally, that's not enough. Um, I want to just, it's not, for me, it's not even about the wins. I just want to go out there and perform to the best of my ability and be better than I was last year and be better than I was each week. And if coming All-American, winning the national winning natties being in the top three if that's what comes with that then that's what it comes with but i necessarily wouldn't count it as a loss if i didn't do that mm-hmm. because if i run if i go run something i've never ran before but got eighth i can't I, i've never ran that fast before they just ran faster than me. so i i can't really it is, so i just want to do better than i did last season if I, if I could do that and be consistent and consistently get better, get better, get better, I consider my season a great season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, that's what was always the biggest thing for me. Like, hey, if I can set a personal best, like I would take a, a personal best, you know, over just uh, a win personally for me. Because it's like, hey, if I, if I do the best I can do, then it's like, boom, like, there's nothing else you could ask for. I did the best I've ever competed. Like, so <laughs> I'm like, you can't, I can't ask for much more. So, no, yeah, and uh, a similar thing. And honestly, I just honestly, I just want to, and I want to run. You get to the point where I, like, I become a household name. Like that's my goal this year is to like wake people up of like who I am. Because I, I, I kind of made a little noise last year, but it really wasn't too too much. But now, like it's like I'm in. I feel like I'm in the the best shape, or coming again into like the best form of my life. So we, I'm really, really trying to shake up things in the NCAA this year. Yeah, I mean Baylor has definitely been having their 
their fair, your fair share of athletes that have been able to, to do that. I mean, just on the team now, or, or as of last year, could you kind of touch on, you know, what that culture was like? Cause I mean, you had uh, two people who appeared on the Bowerman list with, I believe Aliyah Miller, uh, 800 meter runner for the, the women's team. And then Casey Lightfoot uh, before he to then turn professional uh, in the pole vault. So you guys have had your fair share of very top athletes over at Baylor. Could you kind of touch on what, it's like to be at practice when you are having, even if it is a different event group, you know, you have so many elite athletes that can make noise at NCAAs at every single year. Um, it's a competition every, every day. Um, there's no time where we go out there and it's like, man, I'm a BS this workout today. Even when we may not be feeling good or like it just not, not be the day or we, it, it's a competition each time. Well, like, even if it's just like pogo jumps or something, we're trying to see who jumps the highest, who can get off the ground the fastest. Like everything we do, we try to compete and try to do it the best we can. And it's really actually, it's actually really cool because the thing at Baylor that a lot, I don't think a lot of schools do, but Baylor accepts a good amount of walk-ons. And it's cool seeing that the walk-ons that were once walk-ons their freshman year become full scholarship athletes and three-time all-american athletes and stuff like that and that's not off of talent but it's off of the love that they give you here and then the people you're surrounded with and ultimately i just feel like ultimately this is a great place to be because they care about you as a human and they also care about you as an athlete but they want you to be the best person you could be before you could be the best athlete you could be and i feel if you have someone who believes in you and wants to see you do better as a person and you instead of just looking at you as an athlete as his money you're always going to be successful yeah for for me i was at a school i think it has to do with like i was at a, a smaller catholic a smaller catholic university uh private school and it was like yeah it wasn't just seen as a number like i i'd done a few visits to some larger schools and it was like a, okay what's your time what do you run uh, okay that's we're gonna need if you want to make this amount of money you have to be running faster where when I was on my visit, I went to really uh, Mount St. Mary's, a uh, really tiny school in Maryland. But um, it was like our my entire visit was just about like them trying to figure out who I was as a person. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is cool. This is different than, you know, going to some of those larger universities. And it's just like, a, what can you do for me at conferences when it when it matters most? Which obviously that's important, but it was cool to see, you know, them want to develop mm -hmm. as a, a person. Yeah, so that was a that's something that I think is you know a definitely a, a pretty pretty important thing here. But um, yeah, before I, before we close out, one last question for you. So I know so this is so a couple of nicknames I had, I had questions about. I think you're so first uh, you see I see Houdini on your your Twitter account. Interested <laughs> on where that comes from, and then on Instagram your name's what trendy trendy bills. Interested on how you got both of those names uh, and, and, you know, where they came from. <laughs> okay, well, Houdini started my uh, first day of practice at Baylor. Well, he's now probably one of my, like, I literally, that's like my brother now. But Camden, uh, Camden Jackson, um, my first hurdle practice there, we were indoors. And he saw me going over the hurdles. He was like, oh, you, okay, so you fast. And I was like. And I said, I was like, yeah, might as well be is hurdle magic. And ever since he ever since we said that, he was just like, man, hey, what's up, Houdini? And like it 
it just that's like me and his thing. And so I just was like, man, I, I put it on my uh my Twitter. And oh, then Trendy Bills. That's been it's been my Instagram name for a while. I want to say since like the sophomore year of high school. And I've always liked to be like dress nice, flashy, nice shoes, and like try to like start trends or like make my own trends up when it comes to like different things when it comes to like fashion and stuff. And then the bills part, uh, just money. So I was just like trendy bills and I put it together and it was just something that stuck. And I even tried to change my Instagram name a couple of times and it was just like, no, nah, it ain't the same. So that's probably going to be my Instagram name for the rest of my days. Yeah. I like it. And definitely if you haven't taken a look at his Instagram, he's not lying when he says that he likes the the trends. He's had some, some great fits, definitely in the top, uh, the, the S tier of uh, fashion for NCAA track athletes. So you're definitely up there, but uh, Deshaun, thanks for, for joining uh, us today. Really do appreciate it. Um, we just talked about it a few seconds ago, but where could people go if they're interested in, uh, you know, following you on social media or, or anything like that? My Instagram is trendy.bills. Straightforward. And then my Twitter is trendybills, no doubt. And if you wanna if you wanna get you see great fashion, great photos, great tweets. Well, if, if you're not a Drake fan, I wouldn't follow me on Twitter because that's all I, I, I <laughs> Drake's my guy. But I mean, yeah, I need more followers, so go ahead and follow me. There you go. Run it up, y'all. But thank you, Deshaun, for joining us. Really do appreciate it. And thank you to everyone who's been listening. This has been another episode of Track World News. Uh, If you're looking for some more content, go and follow us on Instagram at Track World News. Also, make sure you leave a like, subscribe, leave a review. Really helps us out. But have a good one. Talk to you soon. Peace.